2020 champ is back in victory lane. Chase Elliott takes Dover as Hendrick Motorsports wins at the Monster Mile for a second straight year. And this is the most important stop of the day. Alongside Cole Cusimano, I'm Steven Cusimano. And Cole, you predicted it. We finally got one right in a season that's been unpredictable. Uh, we kind of saw how the cards were lining up for Hendrick Motorsports after the dominance last year. And lo and behold, Chase Elliott was the guy who... To be honest with you, both you and I both thought was going to win this race, and, and that's exactly how it played out. But uh, you, you got to feel excited if you're a Chase Elliott fan right now because we mentioned how maybe the floodgates are open and he looks ready to, to kind of steamroll with the consistent season he's had. And now that win number one is out of the way, maybe there's more to come. And it's crazy to think, Cole, that this was his first win on an oval since the day he won the championship at Phoenix in 2020. It's crazy. It's insane. And, and I got to say, this Dover race was phenomenal. I would say the best one I've seen in close to probably 10 years. And it's, I think it's safe to say that, that the Monster Miles back saved Miles the Monster. Whether it was the next-gen car, limiting sets of tires, this race was just great flag-to-flag, flag, even with the red flag in between and the postponement. I think both drivers and teams were tested immensely. It was a hellish day on pit road for a lot of drivers, including Denny Hamlin, who had a really good day, actually. Led some laps. I thought he had a, a car that could win the race. but lost a tire coming off pit road first, actually, and then got burned again as he raced his way back inside the top 10 and then got caught speeding. In reference to Chase Elliott, great day for him in that whole Hendrick camp. I think they had one of the best cars. I don't think they had maybe the best one all day. I'd say that maybe Kyle Busch or even like a Martin Truex Jr. had the car to beat. Hey, I'll throw Alex Bowman in there too. Alex Bowman had a great card there towards the end. Both those drivers got kind of got burned, getting trapped on pit road as the caution came out. But Nonetheless, it was an awesome day for Chase Elliott and the nine team on pit road. That's something that they struggled with early in the season, and they maximized immensely in this race. And they were a top five car easily all day. Very consistent, very smooth, and it just felt like the floodgates were going to be open once they won a race. And I think we're going to see a Chase Elliott like we haven't seen since 2020 and late in the season. I'm glad you brought up the pit road success on Sunday, Cole, or Monday, I guess you could say, because... How many times early this year did we say how impressive it is that that team was finishing in the top 10 with the poor performances on pit road that it was getting and how important it is to, to put a full race together from top to bottom with the team, including on pit road. And once they fixed that problem, the wins were going to come. And that's exactly what we saw in this race. But it, like you said, Cole, it was a great race. I guess my only you know, issue with it was all the tire problems. I'd like to see fewer of those the next time we go back. But the racing itself was good. And the fact that it was, it was on a Monday really didn't take anything away from it because the racing was just, it was great. And it was cool to see a fan favorite back in victory lane. Let's look at the top 10 because um, there's some pretty surprising names in here, at least in my opinion. But um, that starts with the second place driver. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. ended up finishing second in this race. And uh, maybe he's starting to heat up for the summer as well. And then how about Ross Chastain? Another top three finish at another different type of track. This guy is cementing himself as a favorite for the championship. Maybe not the favorite, but definitely a favorite for the championship. Christopher Bell ended up fourth. Alex Bowman, fifth. Kyle Larson, who was my winner pick, sixth. Kyle Busch, who you mentioned, Cole, maybe had the best opportunity to win this race, ended up seventh. Chris Buescher wound up eighth. Kevin Harvick, ninth. And then Eric Jones came away with the top 10. So some surprising names there. And uh, a f even a few other surprises that finished just, just outside of the top 10, like Justin Haley placed 11th, led some laps. Like that's something I was not expecting in the slightest out of this race. 
Right, and this race was full of parity. I think it was a pretty even split between Gibbs and Hendrick for the lead. Ross Chastain was extremely strong. I was uh, actually taken back by his follow-up success from Talladega. It was a really good race. I, mean, I think the, re- the results reflected that in many ways. I alluded to Bowman and, and Kyle Busch earlier in the show. Both scored another top 10 finish. That's a five-race streak for Kyle Busch. And top 10s in six of the last seven races for Bowman. So I think that's very telling. And I want to just touch on Ross Chastain and, and Alex Bowman for a second. Because I want, it's like, at what point do these guys get taken seriously as championship contenders? Because they're doing all the right things. They have sustained success from week one, essentially, to week 11. And I feel like everyone's like, oh, it's, it's too early. They're not proven. But, like, when does it start to matter? <laughs> it's, it's something to think about, you know? It definitely is. And another thing I do want to bring up, Cole, before we move off of Dover, because it is something to think about. But another thing was um, Josh Berry back in victory lane, won the Monster Mile. And so it was a clean sweep for the Hendrick affiliated teams. The junior motorsports car ended up in victory lane over there. And I'm curious what you think of Josh Berry's chances this season, because he's just such an interesting story with the way he came about last year. And it's taken until now to get into victory lane in 2022. And you know, he's an interesting story, and I guess maybe a wild card for the championship down there. It's a big win for Josh Berry and JRM. He had a good car the entire race. I think that towards the end, Allgaier may have had a better car, but clean air was just so crucial in that Xfinity Series race. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what this does for Josh Berry. I think the speed's been there, but the results not necessarily have. So if they can go on a multi-win season and like they did, did last year, um, just at a, a more consistent rate and get those top tens, get those top fives. I think they could be a challenger for the championship four, but I think right now they're looking like a, maybe a, a semifinal cut to me. But real quick before we move on to Darlington, I just wanted to say I've been an advocate for this for like three, four years now. I love that these tire management races, I am all for limited tire sets. We see it every week in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. For tracks like Dover and Darlington coming up and all these tracks with abrasive surfaces, I am all for limiting those tire sets because it just makes for a much more compelling race, a much more strategic race. You're forced to play your hand as the race goes on, preserve early in the run, save later in the run, or do you want that track position? Um, I think it's awesome to watch. It's awesome for the teams to strategize, and I just I would love to see more of it. I, I really would. I could not agree more. It's something that it just adds a whole other layer of strategy. Like all these years you had, of course, there were different pitch strategies and fuel mileage strategies and obviously aerodynamics and and all these different package type strategies. But like when you add tires into the mix, it just adds a whole other layer on top of the, the regular competition aspect. And it's really exciting to watch. And you look at the other forms of racing, like an IndyCar, it's kind of the same deal where you, when do you put on the red tires or the black tires? Like there's, there's a big difference there. And when you have to manage that throughout the race, you see these teams on completely different strategies the whole time to where it's like, you don't know who has the dominant car because everyone's on different cycles between different, again, pit cycles, tire cycles. And with the introduction of stage racing, that kind of took a layer of strategy away because everybody went to similar pit cycles. But when you move to tire strategy like this and limiting the amount of tires that certain teams have or that all teams have, um, when you move to that, it does add that layer of strategy that maybe was missing when stage racing was introduced. I know we're on the same page about that, Cole, but let's make sure we're on the same page about uh, nickel or dime paint schemes this week. 
We actually don't have the full uh, collection of paint schemes yet, but they all, you know, as far as these Darlington ones, they've been kind of rolling out consistently over the past couple of weeks. So head to our social media at the underscore money stop. We don't have the graphic in front of us because it's not done yet and we don't have all the paint schemes to look at, but there's a few that are popping into my mind immediately, including the Ally 48 of Alex Bowman. That car looks phenomenal this week. And there's so many others. This is one of the best paint scheme weeks in all of the season for NASCAR. And I'm curious, Cole, out of the ones that you've seen, are there any that, that immediately come to mind as we're not looking at the graphic, but you know, there's a few immediately that jump into my mind. So I assume it's the same case for you. I agree 100% with the uh, Ally 48 scheme. I think any time that, that, that Valvoline Mark Martin scheme is used, it looks beautiful on track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, a huge fan of the uh, Blue and Red Flames 24 for, for William Byron pl- paying tribute to uh, Jeff Gordon just because it's nostalgic for me. We entered the sport when Jeff was using that same car and it just brings back a lot of memories. I love the cars that were revealed yesterday on May 3rd, the two Coca-Cola cars for the Ross Chastain and, and Daniel Suarez mm-hmm. machines paying tribute to Dale Jr. And Dale Earnhardt Ross Chastain's rocking the black scheme while Daniel Suarez is rocking the red scheme. And they did, they look amazing. I like the 18 by Kyle Busch as well. Uh, it's the 1998 M&M's throwback. It's just a really old school looking design and I love all the mini M&Ms on the hood as well as the mini M&Ms uh, going along the trim of the car. It just looks really appetizing and it's it looks so old school. I think it, it fits the weekend very well. Yeah, there's a few like uh, you mentioned the Jeff Gordon one. Of course, that's at the, at the top of my list as well. Uh, the one that William Byron's driving, but there were a few others that they're just not they're not popping into my mind right now, but stay tuned to our social media at the underscore money stop because again, like these are the best it might be the best week for paint schemes, all the throwbacks. And it, it's just so all the different looks on, on all these cars. It always looks really cool clash between now and before. And so it, it's, it's a really cool week. And I'm excited to voice our opinions on social media this week about the paint schemes that we do see, but we are not going to see until Saturday at 11 is the qualifying for this race at Darlington. So uh, keep that in mind as you're making your lineups and placing your bets We are going to dive into the analysis and and kind of take it to the bank as far as what we can maybe expect from this race. And beginning with what we saw last year, this was, in my opinion, Cole, this was one of the most boring Darlington races ever. Martin Truex Jr. won both stages and led 248 laps and won the race. And then the most laps led beyond that by any driver was 10 by Kevin Harvick and Ross Chastain each a piece. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to see this again. I think that Martin Truex Jr. certainly maybe should and, and can be the favorite this week because of how dominant that showing was. However, it's a season where there haven't been favorites. Like every race has been competitive to the point where there's been multiple pl- uh, players who could win these things. And, and that's reflected by the odds this week. But before we dive into that, just want to look at the rest of the top 10 from that race last week, just so we have an idea of maybe some other names to expect out there. And it's a lot of very familiar names. This was kind of a who's who of drivers that, finished in the top eight in points uh, as, as far as the guys that finished in the in the top eight of this race but it was Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Larson who had easily the best car outside of Truex that day uh, Kyle Busch third William Byron fourth Denny Hamlin fifth Kevin Harvick sixth Chase Elliott seventh and Ryan Blaney eighth and then a couple of outliers ninth and tenth Chris Buescher and Ryan Newman so it was a you know Darlington has always been looked at as a track where you've got to really wheel that car and it's a race of attrition from start to finish. And that's exemplified by the names of the drivers that finished in the top eight of the race last year, even despite 
the dominance of Martin Truex Jr. So that was the spring of last year. The fall was a little bit of a different story, Cole, if you want to take that one away. Yeah, in the fall, you saw Hamlin win the race. Larson led the most laps at 156 and both split stage wins. So both clearly the most dominant cars in that race in the fall. As mentioned again, Denny Hamlin won. Kyle Larson finished runner-up, followed by Ross Chastain, who had actually a really good car in that race. I thought he, he was a contender for the win. Only led a handful of laps, but nonetheless, a great run in racing for CGR at the time. Martin Truex Jr. finished fourth. Kevin Harvick rounded out the top five, followed by Kurt Busch. Brad Keselowski in seventh. Joey Logano in eighth. Chris Buescher again with a ninth-place finish. That's two ninth-place finishes at Darlington last year. And Austin Dillon rounded out the top ten. Also wanted to say that uh, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin account for four of the last five wins at Darlington, two each. There have been no more than 17 lead changes in the last four races there. And Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick took part in a tire test with the next-gen car at Darlington earlier this year. I'll tell you what, that is an interesting top 10. And just some of the players we saw finish high up in both of those races. When you look at Chris Buescher and Ross Chastain and Austin Dillon with the top 10 in the fall, because those are three guys that have come out of the gates doing really well with this next-gen car. So if they placed that well last year, that makes me feel pretty confident in them this year. But I'll tell you what, hearing you say that Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick uh, all participated in a tire test with the next-gen car this track, that should make you feel pretty comfortable too because those are all guys that did well there last year and, and obviously had great 2021 seasons. But at least especially in the case of Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick, those are three guys that haven't had the greatest success in this next-gen car. But again, they have some history in this car at this track, which they all did well at last year. So it makes you think that there could be something to look for on that front. But I do want to ask you, though, about Tyler Reddick, Cole, because he's a guy that's really just fallen out of fortune over the last few weeks. And he, I brought him up because he was one of those that participated in the tire test. And uh, it's crazy to think just looking at we're getting to that point of the year where the point standings matter quite a bit and getting into kind of the beginning of the summer. And Tyler Reddick would not be in the playoffs if it started now. And that's just crazy to think to me because he's been one of the fastest drivers all year. He's just had such a tough stretch in terms of the finishes, not reflecting the speed of that team. And I'm curious as to where, from a general perspective, where you think that team lies at this point? Well, I'll start by saying this. The time has come to stop saying his time is coming and to put up or shut up because the driver and the team are proven, have proven to be good enough to win on multiple occasions. And now it's time to execute. They're 16th, I believe, in the regular point standings. I think they're on the outside looking in of the playoff point standings. And it's just like you got, you got to stop saying that a win's coming. It, like the time is now. I think coming to Darlington's a, a good thing for them because they've shown speed here in the past at in the Cup Series, in the Xfinity Series. And I think taking part in the tire test is going to be very crucial. I think he, it, it, at this point in time, it, it's like a must, not a must win, but it's, it's getting near must win territory to make the playoffs. And I think he will get one before the playoffs begin. But we, we, we've been saying it like for two years now. It just needs to happen or else I don't, I don't know. But I, I think that they, they are a good enough team. The driver is good enough for them to win multiple races as, we, as we've seen. And um, it very well could happen at Darlington. I, I personally believe that, that much like Dover, experience will reign supreme this week just being such an aggressive and abrasive surface i think those four drivers that took part in the tire test should should assert themselves as uh leaders in this race and i think the guys who typically perform well at tracks like darlington and dover and those driver tracks are going to excel this weekend 
Well, I think that Vegas thinks the same thing too, because you look at the pre-qualifying odds per DraftKings, and once again, Kyle Larson is the favorite. And honestly, Cole, I'm a little surprised that Kyle Larson is still the favorite every week because, like, he had, of course, a historically fantastic 2021 season, but, like, he's got just the one win this year, and he's ran somewhat consistently, but I don't think that the way he is racing this next-gen car has warranted him being the odds-on favorite every single week. But that's what Vegas is continuing to do. So week-to-week basis, just not the greatest value in Kyle Larson. He's plus 500 this week. And to be honest with you, he might be my pick to win this race. But, like, I'm just – in general, I'm surprised that he's the favorite every week based on what we've seen already in the next-gen car. And that a guy like Ross Chastain is not in the top five in odds every week. Continues to be a great value. But, anyway, Martin Truex Jr., defending race winner, plus 700. Tied at the third best odds, you've got Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott, plus 800. And Kyle Busch, maybe another great value, a guy that has just been so consistent and steadily uh, strong these last few weeks, like you touched on before, Cole, fifth in odds at plus 1,000. So I'm curious if there's any of these that jump off the page to you. Again, I'll just start by talking about Kyle Larson because I don't want to make it seem like I don't think he should be the odds-on favorite, but I'm just surprised that, in general, big picture, that week-to-week he's been the favorite at, at all these tracks with what we've seen this year. He does have the best average finish at five and a half in eight starts at Darlington with uh, top tens in all but one attempt. He finished 14th with 124 laps led in the one race. He didn't finish in the top 10. So obviously this is a track he's always had a feel for. He has half the starts of the older veteran drivers, but he's just been exceptional in the starts that he has had with the eight there. No wins, but 656 laps led and riding a four race top three streak at this track and finished runner up in the last three starts. Uh, also had the tire test. So, when you look at the odds this week, Cole, it's no surprise and no question why Kyle Larson would be the odds-on favorite. And then one other guy, Denny Hamlin. Most wins at this track out of active drivers at four, 79% top 10 rate with 15 and 19 starts. So, of course, you mentioned the experience, Cole, being a huge factor. He's got 744 laps led at this track, second most of any driver, and a 7.1 average finish, which is the second best active mark as well, along a large sample size. And he, too, participated in the tire test. So two really good picks there. And obviously, I would err on the side of Kyle Larson just because it's been such an abysmal season for Denny Hamlin. And again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like we've gone to so many tracks where he's had great success at, and the success hasn't been there this year, except for at Richmond, which we have called time and time again a somewhat fluky strategy win. So if you're looking at those two sort of favorites, it's going to be Kyle Larson for me, no question. I think for me, it's honestly have your pick at that point, just because I like what I saw from Denny Hamlin at Dover. Like the, the speeding penalty was horrible. You can't really fault him for the, the tire coming off of, as he was exiting pit road. But I think that he's angry. That whole team is angry. And usually anger fuels speed and success. I just think that they look like a different team at this point. <clears throat> They're turning a corner. And I think uh, Darlington's a place where they can definitely right the ship. And Not only that, Cole, let me just butt in real yep. quick and say, as a whole, doesn't it just feel like Joe Gibbs Racing has turned a corner over the last two weeks? Like, you're seeing the speed from Kyle Busch consistently. He's been the top of the heap for that team. But, like, you've seen much more speed from Denny. You've seen much more speed from Truex, I would even say. He might have had a chance to win that race last week. It just feels like that team as a whole is starting to turn a corner. Even, again, Christopher Bell, top five last week. So I agree 100%. I I think that all four of those drivers can pretty much win on any given Sunday. And yeah, I I think for me personally, it's it's like have your pick at Larson or Hamlin. I guess I would say Larson. I I prefer Larson over Hamlin, just given the season as a whole. But I think that Denny Hamlin's going to have a really strong race at, uh, at Darlington. 
mentioned Joe Gibbs racing in their uh, recent string of success. Martin Truex Jr., two wins in the last five years, so that's a nine-race span at Darlington with six top tens in that nine-race stretch. Relatively hit or miss, but is good for at least a top 10, bare minimum top 15. He has 693 laps led, 10 top 10s, and a 10.8 average at Darlington. So I guess if you're going to go from the Joe Gibbs stable, I know he won there last year, but I, I feel like I, I honestly have more more uh, confidence in Hamlin over Truex this weekend, and maybe even Christopher Bell. Like I, I don't think I have Christopher Bell on the outline, but he's just been so good these last few weeks. He's been consistently a top five, top 10 car. And I do want to touch on Kyle Busch for a second. He's had a very somewhat under-the-radar fantastic 2022 campaign. Tied for the most top 10s with eight, riding a five-race top 10 streak with a win in that time and an overall finish of 10.8, which is third overall this season. And he's had a lot of success at Darlington in terms of results. Only one win, which came in 2008, but he has 725 laps led, only one DNF, which came in the last race there, and a 65% top 10 rate, which is 13 and a 12th place average in 20 starts. So he's been extremely consistent and good for at least a top 10. With how he's been as of late, I think he could challenge for the win. Absolutely. I feel pretty good about Kyle Busch this week, to be honest. And if I had to pick my favorite out of that Gibbs stable, again, I'm siding a little bit more with the recent success this year than the Darlington success over careers. And I would side with Kyle Busch there as my favorite other than Kyle Larson. But looking at some of the other teams that potentially could win this race, Kevin Harvick, of course, the numbers jump off the page. And I don't know how I feel about Kevin Harvick because this year he just doesn't feel like a guy that's – and I could be completely off on this. He just doesn't feel like he's going to win a race this year. Like it seems like he's just in the top ten. Every once in a while he'll be at the top five. And, you know, every so often he'll be out there contending at the end of a race. But, like, it just doesn't seem like the consistent speed that we've seen from this team in the recent years. But let's just look at the numbers at Darlington real quick. Second most wins, three and two in the last five races. And most starts of any driver at this track, which is very important with the 28, had the tire test here. And, you know, experience, like you said, Cole, it's going to be a big thing as this next-gen car makes its first trip to one of the NASCAR's most difficult tracks and also has some laps with that, that tire test. That, there's something to be said for that. 812 laps led, which is the most of, you know, any driver at this track actively. But, again, he's got the most starts here as well, so... That's not the most telling stat, but what really is eye-catching is the recent success. You go back to 2013, riding a 12-race top 10 streak with all three wins and 10, uh, 10 top fives coming over that span, and he owns a 12.4 average finish, only one DNF over that time. So not only that, riding back-to-back top 10s coming into uh, this week and extended his top 10 streak to eight races at Dover, which could be a good omen for Darlington. I just... I'm a little bit lower on Kevin Harvick this season than most, but I guess, Cole, the numbers would would indicate that this could be a good week to put him in your lineup or potentially pick him as a dark horse winner. Yeah, I think that the the top 10 at Dover, extending that streak to eight races, was telling. I think it's encouraging. I think you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't see him winning a race this season at this point in time. I just think that he's kind of like on his last leg of, of driving, and I think that's kind of exemplified by his his demeanor and in interviews and just – I was listening to a scanner, actually, at Dover. He was not happy with the team, with the car, and yet still came away with a top-10 finish. And I think that's also encouraging but also kind of telling about where he is right now in his career. I think he could be a top-10 car. I like, like I've been saying, I think that experience is going to be a premium this weekend, and that could bode very well for Kevin Harvick. I would say – depending on the odds, he's worth throwing a little money on for the win. And I would consider him a DFS driver for your lineups, depending on where he starts. 
if he's starting like somewhere in the top 15, I would say he's worth putting in your lineup. But well, I will tell you this, Cole. He is valued at plus 1,600 to win the race, which is just outside the top 10 in odds. So that's, to me, that's a pretty good value. Yeah, I, like, like it's, it's not – it wouldn't be bad to throw a little bit of money on that for him to win. I don't – like I said, I, I just don't see it happening, but you never know. It's been a very unpredictable season. Some other drivers, though, you can consider for your DFS lineup and maybe for the win. We'll move on to the value picks here. We mentioned Tyler Reddick, who's always had speed at Darlington, although winless in his career there. He has three top tens, including a runner-up and 70 laps led and four Xfinity Series starts. He finished seventh in his cup debut, actually, at Darlington. His only top ten there with a couple laps led there last year and a 14.6 average. My confidence personally resides in the tire test he did here and just the speed overall. Like, results haven't been there, but I think he's been a top five car, like, every time he's come here in the Cup Series. And, like, I said it. I, I know you're thinking it. I know that that entire team's thinking it. The win needs to come, and I think it could happen at Darlington. Another guy I'll throw into the value picks conversation is Austin Dillon once again. And he had a little bit of a stinker last week at Dover, but as a whole, He's been very consistent this season and also very consistent at Darlington throughout his career. He has four top tens and 11 starts at Darlington with a 12.2 average, which ranks among the top 10, I believe, in, in active drivers. So that's really, really good and something I didn't even expect when I was doing my research. Also finished runner-up there in 2020 and completed all but two laps there. So I think he'd be a nice centerpiece for your lineup, and I think he's someone that I would consider a lock for your DFS lineup. I agree on both those guys, and to be honest with you, Cole, uh, I'm not going to pick either of them for the win because they're both in like the top 15 in, in the odds per DraftKings this week. But I feel very, very strongly that one of these guys could win the race, Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon. I just feel like with Reddick, everyone's always talking about when he puts these great races together, like, oh, the win's going to come next week. But that's why I brought it up a couple minutes ago because it just feels like one of those things where it's going to come when you least expect it. Like he had the, the stinker at, at Dover last week, a couple of rough weeks in a row after that really hot stretch. and. He goes to a track that I, I have the utmost confidence of him at. It just suits his driving style. And I really feel like the win is coming for Tyler Reddick this week. And again, I'm not going to pick him, but like I'm just going to be on the record saying it. And Austin Dillon, just putting together like the quietest career season ever for such a high-profile driver. And again, throwback week suits his style. He loves these crown jewel events. I really feel like the win could be one of these two drivers here this week. Um, and also. You know, two guys that are in the top 15 in odds. Austin Dillon could be a really, really good value at plus 3,000. He's just inside the top 15. And I, I love the idea of building a DFS lineup around them. A few other sleepers, though, Cole. Chase Briscoe has been, we've well documented, he's been one of the guys that's really caught on to this next-gen car and unloaded quickly this year. He's also got an Xfinity win at Darlington with 100 laps led and had a very resilient day at Dover finished 13th, finished 11th in his cup debut at Darlington last year, which is not easy to do. And he finished 19th the last time out in a season that was uncharacteristically bad for that team. So you bring in all those different things and different factors and just take into account the fact that he's had great speed this year. It couldn't line up to mean good things for Chase Briscoe this week. Another guy that's riding back-to-back top 10s, somewhat surprisingly, is Eric Jones. And he's entering a track where he's had great success at. One of his two career wins came here in 2019. Six top tens and eight starts there with an average finish of 10.1, which is third best. And the only spin is the two races he didn't score top tens were the two most recent races there. However, you look at the speed that uh, Petty GMS has had this year, I think it would indicate to a resurgent series of races this year 
for Eric Jones at Darlington because they've had good speed this year. And that was a team that didn't have great speed here the last two times that they raced at this track. So I feel good about Eric Jones. I feel very good about it. You think of uh, Darlington, and he's one of the first guys you think of because he had that win here early in his career. And, you know, you look at the speed and the potential uh, opportunity to make the playoffs this year for that 43 squad, and, and it, it means good things for Eric Jones this week. I feel pretty good about him. I do too. He's another guy that I would definitely throw in your lineup, and if history holds up, he should be in like the $6,000 range for uh, DFS. So I think I'd consider him also a lock for lineups. We're going to round out the value picks bracket with Chris Busher, who is was one of five drivers to place top 10 in both races at Darlington last year. In elite company, I might add. Martin Shurex Jr., Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. So that's pretty damn good to be in the same uh, breath as those four names at Darlington. Coming off a great day at Dover after starting on the pole and finishing eighth, those two top tens he got last year are his only ones in nine starts at the Lady in Black. So I think Chris Buescher could be a very good under-the-radar pick, and he's using that really slick-looking Matt Kenseth paint scheme. Some other drivers to keep an eye on. I want to lead off here with uh, Chase Elliott, who is still winless at Darlington, but no longer in 2022. Been atop the standings for seven straight weeks, eight top tens, a 9.6 average on this season, which is the only driver with an average finish inside the top 10. Somewhat of a volatile pick at Darlington because he's had his ups and downs, but I think the ups outweigh the downs in terms of performance, maybe not so much results because he only has four top tens and 10 starts there. He finished 31st the last time out and 7th in the spring. He has three DNFs at Darlington, 151 laps led, which were all in 2020, uh, where he almost won that fall race, if you'll remember, in the playoffs. And he has an 18.6 average. So here's what I'll say about Chase Elliott. I feel like in the past it's been like go for broke with him at Darlington. I think it's a place he wants to win at very badly. And typically when you see drivers win a race – you want to see how the driver and the team handles the success. Can they keep the pace? Um, will they get caught up in the celebrations last week? That's not the case for Chase Elliott, in my opinion. I think that they're going to steamroll. Their foot's going to stay on the gas for a majority of the regular season and going into the playoffs. And I think that he could be a, a very suitable pick for the win this week. You make a great point. I just feel like he's such a volatile pick when you look at those numbers and you're so inclined to pick him because it just feels like a, a track that, that Chase Elliott would have great success at. But I just think that there's, there's steadier picks. There's smarter picks. Like I would rather have Kyle Busch in my lineup this week or Kyle Larson. Like they just feel safer. However, there's a great chance that, that you could pay off, that picking Chase Elliott in your lineup could pay off uh, in a big way for you. But I mean, you look at really great drivers in this sport over the past few weeks, and Alex Bowman is, is probably at the top of that list. It's funny to think we haven't talked a lot about Hendrick Motorsports coming into this week after they won last week's race, and they've been the dominant team all year. But Alex Bowman, along with Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott, one of the hottest drivers in the sport coming into today, second best average finish at 10.5. He's got the win, seven top tens, six in his last seven starts, He's just looked really good as of recently, and he's fared well at Darlington. Two top tens in nine starts, which included a runner-up finish in the fall of 2020. His led laps there and an 18.1 average finish, but don't let that scare you away because Alex Bowman is having a very strong season, and he's setting career highs at every single track that he's been to. He's been a top 10 car every week. He's riding that three-race top 10 streak, and he's a guy, Cole, that just can win basically anywhere, and I love the value this week. Like, again, Bowman and the next guy I'm going to talk about in Ross Chastain, they're both tied at the eighth best odds to win this race at plus 1,400. 
when I'm looking at, you know, winner picks, I'm looking at the values. And I just love the value of those two guys that have been two of the most consistent in the sport, like over the last few weeks. And they're both valued at the back end of the top 10. I mean, I'll take that all day. And I'll talk about Ross Chastain now. He's always had a knack for getting around Darlington, the aggression and just the driver he is and the personality he brings. It, it just matches the, the personality of this track as well. And, and of course, he's red hot. Had the third place finish at Dover with the shot at the win uh, and a great follow-up with his Talladega win. He's got seven top tens and a 12.5 average finish this season. Challenge for the win and finished runner-up in the Xfinity Series last year when he uh, raced at, at, at Darlington. And Finished third in his last Cup Series start at this track for Chip Ganassi Racing. So, again, uh, over a season where there wasn't great speed for that team, and you just look at the resurgence of Trackhouse Racing and how successful they've been this year and how much speed they've had week to week. And if he did place third last, last year at this track, you know, what does that look like this year for Ross Chastain? It points in the right direction for me. Uh, stocks are up for Ross Chastain. Led laps here, and I put him in the same breath as Alex Bowman. Again, two of the very confident drivers and two of the most hot drivers in the sport and two guys that are just money in the bank every week. I don't care what track we go to. Alex Bowman and Ross Chastain are two guys I love in my lineup. I agree 1 million percent. And I think that both those guys could be sleepers for the win. For some reason, I, I've had Alex Bowman on my mind this entire week. I think he, it feels like an Alex Bowman week, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know why. I don't have any logic behind that. I just think they've been so hot as of late. And I feel like they're, they're hungry to win, even though they had to win this season. I think that they, they want to prove that they are championship contenders, and I think that could be proven if he wins at Darlington. Also, I just wanted to add one more thing because I failed to mention it. Chase Elliott is scheduled to race in the 88 Virginia Motorsports this weekend at Darlington, so I think that extra track time could pay off in a big way for him. We've seen it pay off for other drivers uh, this season, namely William Byron in the Truck Series. Winning Alex Bowman too. Martinsville and Alex Bowman. He, he ran Coda and had a really, really strong run there. Finished, I think, second in that race. So that should prove to be huge should he get in. It's, it's scheduled to rain, actually, on, um, on Saturday for qualifying. So he might not make the race, but if he does, I think that that extra track time is going to be very valuable. Let's move on some, uh, really quickly to some drivers to stay away from. I'll start off with Eric Amarola. Only two top tens and 13 starts with an 18.3 average. The only spin is that both those were scored in 2020. He finished 37th and 16th last year. Another driver I want to bring up is Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who just finished runner-up at Dover, but don't expect that carryover into Darlington because his best result was 12th in 2018, and he has a 24.1 average in 12 starts. I mean, there's a couple of other names that maybe some are are obvious and some are not. One of them is Daniel Suarez. He's, I think he's had great speed this year, and – Obviously, that's been evident, evidenced by the fact that he's top 15 in the odds to win every single week. But contrary to that, on a really cold stretch, a six-race stretch of finishing outside the top 10, and Darlington's just a really tough track. He's got an average finish of 23.9, so I would definitely stay away from Suarez, even though he's had speed this year. And then Bubba Wallace, this season, has just been a microcosm for his career, really. He's had great success at the Super Speedways, but has had trouble, really, everywhere else. And just, He's run into a lot of issues with incidents on track some of which have and have not been his fault, but finished 21st in both races last year and a 23.9 average finish at this really difficult track. I would stay far away from Bubba Wallace. And for a second straight week, Ryan Blaney, we mentioned him at Dover last week as a guy to stay away from, and we were right. He finished 26th after starting fifth, and he just doesn't have great success at this track. For a guy that has had great success early in his career, 
Average finish of 19.3 here. So I would tread lightly with Ryan Blaney this week, as hard as it is to stay away from a guy like that on throwback week at Darlington, who just feels like a throwback person. Uh, you, you might want to stay away from him in your lineups and when it comes to betting. But let's get into our picks. Cole, you went first last week. You correctly predicted that Chase Elliott would win the race. And, and again, uh, a mutual pat on the back because after you picked him, I said he was going to be my pick too. So I, I think that we nailed that last week. And let's see how things go for this week. I am going to pick Kyle Busch this week. I just like that the confidence high he is on. I like the way he's been running as of recently. And I've been, uh, I just look at the success he has had at Darlington. I feel really strongly about his chances this week. And again, a very aggressive track that I think he's hungry for a win. And value-wise, he's outside of the top five. He's just outside the top five at plus 1,000. I just love the value there. And he's the guy I'm picking for the win. And when it comes to my sleeper this week, it's going to be any driver, Kurt Busch and below. And so I'm going to go with Eric Jones. And it's funny to even call Eric Jones a sleeper at this track, but because he's got the win here and the recent success, the two top tens coming into this week. But uh, I feel really good about Eric Jones coming into this week. And, and if he's at plus 4,000 to win this race, and not only that, a big money pick for me at plus 500 to finish in the top five, that might not be a bad idea. I know that's kind of a, a stretch to finish in the top five, but I love the value at plus 500 and plus 4,000 to win for Eric Jones. So those are my picks this week. Great pick, Kyle Busch. I'm going to go with the other Kyle, Kyle Larson for the win. I think that, that his career at Darlington, the Cup Series, has been nothing short of spectacular. I think he'll finally get that elusive win this weekend at Darlington. I think that riding a three-race top two streak is absurd, and it's only going to add up to a win this weekend. And I, I think you see him at these these dirt tracks. He's kind of been agitated. I know he's angry last week after losing a tire and, and falling short of the win. So he had, did have a really good car in that race, but it wasn't quite the same after he spun out and, and blew those tires. I think he's motivated. I think he knows the results haven't been there. I think he knows he should have more wins at this point in the season being the reigning champion. I think, yeah, he'll be the winner this weekend. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with Chris Buescher, who finished ninth in both Darlington races last year, finished top 10 last week, started in the pole. I think he has a really strong run in that Matt Kansas 17. Tell you what, those were the two guys that were like second on my list of, like if I wasn't, if you would have picked uh, Eric Jones and, and Kyle Busch, those are the two guys I would have picked. So we're on the same page and the same wavelength as of recently. Once again, this is going to be the Goodyear 400, 293 laps at the Lady in Black in Darlington, South Carolina. This upcoming Sunday, 3.30 p.m., get your bets in, take it to the bank. This has been the money stop. We're going to drop the jack for Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. Follow along on social media at the underscore money stop. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. Gotta make them want to come back from more.